You're listening to NapaBroadcasting.com. Local voices, local conversations. Thanks for joining us once again on NapaBroadcasting.com. For many years, the Napa County Board of Supervisors didn't have a lot of turnover. Even today, Supervisor Brad WagonConnect and Mark Luce and Diane Dillon have been there for a pretty long time. But things are changing somewhat. New blood and youthful energy is being added to the board just at a time when Napa is facing critical issues. Alfredo Pedroza is one example, and now Bilia Eugenia Ramos has entered the race to succeed Keith Caldwell, representing Napa's 5th Supervisorial District. Bilia is a current member of the American Canyon City Council, a member of the Napa Valley Expo Board of Directors, a law professor at UC Davis, and it is my pleasure to welcome her here to NapaBroadcasting.com. Bilia, thanks so much for coming in. Thank you so much for having me, Jeff. It's great to have you here. It's interesting to look at your predecessors for this seat that you're running for. And it's it's interesting, particularly from a generational perspective, when you think that this was a district that Mike Rippey had represented, Harold Moskowite, and then Keith, a little younger perhaps than them, and, and now you running for this seat. It reflects not only generational change in a societal sense, but also generational change in terms of the district and what's changed and what's happened there. Talk a little bit about that first. Absolutely. One of the things that is makes American Canyon, which makes up most of the 5th right. Supervisorial District, exciting is that infiltration of, of, of new blood and new families, people that decided they didn't want the city life and they wanted a compromise. And that is exactly what American Canyon provides for so many residents. So I myself, having been born and raised in Napa, tried the tried the big city and decided I wanted a compromise too. And I came back to American Canyon. And there are so many families that are similarly situated uh, in the 5th District in that manner that just wanted to have a little bit of both, a little bit of country, a country flair, and to also have the conveniences of a more urban uh, area with urban connections. Talk a little bit about your history, your background. You grew up right here in the Napa Valley. I did. I was born at Queen of the Valley Hospital. Um, so to say that I, I am definitely fruit of this valley is is as true as can be. Uh, my my family has been here for, for decades. Uh, my father immigrated here in, in the 70s. And my parents chose Napa as, as the place to live, as the place to raise my brother and I, and it certainly was a fabulous, fabulous upbringing to grow amongst the the vineyards, to grow in an open area, and to see all the economic prosperity around me that really never, never was I quite able to appreciate it. There was um, this time when I was coming We'd always spend Sundays at my grandmother's house in Napa. All of my brothers, my dad's brothers and sisters here. I grew up in St. Helena, and we'd always spend Sunday afternoons Mm. in in Napa at my grandmother's house. After mass, we'd have breakfast, lunch, and dinner at grandma's, and then we'd come back. And on one harvest afternoon, um, we were were driving north, and right about Gurgich, my brother and I, we'd just (sighs) take a deep breath in and plug our nose, because up ahead... Right behind the Pistoni family vineyard were the grape pumice ponds. And you know that smell. If you're from Napa, you absolutely know that smell. And of course, as, 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 as little kids, we'd complain and we'd say, oh, that smells so gross. It's disgusting. And my father would take a deep breath in right at the most pungent point. And he would say, 
it smells like money and jobs. And he was right. He was absolutely right. It's Napa Valley is an economic engine that helped to create uh, the path that, that I am on to be able to seek higher education and to return to Napa and to raise and to raise my three children here. And the Napa of today, the Napa that you're talking about, the Napa that you would represent on, on the Board of Supervisors, is a very different place. It's not necessarily that rural community anymore. It is a world-class destination struggling with, with many of the same issues that places like Aspen or the Hamptons or, or other res- major world-class resorts are struggling with. It's an interesting disconnect thinking about it from, from the world you grew up in to the world that it is today. It is, but what the thing that unifies the Napa that I grew up in and the Napa now is the agricultural heritage that makes Napa and what brings people to Napa and to see our, our, our hillsides, to see the grapes growing from the dirt, to see the product that we produce. And it is an experience like no other. And yes, we are absolutely in, in, in some changing times and it's part of our own success here in in Napa County. These are actually good problems to be addressing. It's taking our when it whether it's housing, whether it's water, whether it's traffic, whether it's tourism overall. These are great problems to have because it means we have those concerns, we have something to offer. There is an experience here not just for residents but for visitors alike and now is definitely the time to be addressing them and that's the complexity of all of it in terms of talking about that rural experience and the dirt and the winemaking and everything else because that's what people are coming here for it's this idea of engagement tourism you know you can go to a museum anywhere but you don't get to meet the artist you can go to lots of other places to visit but you don't get to meet the people that made the beach or made the sand or created the the artifacts here you get to do that absolutely and you know and that's where the evolution of of whether it's technology or even the industry itself has brought us to to this exact point of understanding that there are some people that are coming to just see a winery. There are some people that are coming to just purchase that bottle of wine. There are some people that are coming on a weekend getaway. But then there is the other, the agritourism side of it. And these are absolutely issues that we haven't had to deal with yet because the wine industry is not what it was before. It's not what it was 10 years ago and especially not 20 and 30 years ago. Certainly not, I mean, in terms of of public interest in it, public perception, growth of the wine industry in many other parts of the country, certainly more competition in some ways for Napa Valley. And then, of course, the distribution problems and the reason that, that wineries want to be able to sell directly to customers. Absolutely. It's it's making sure that we understand what our own what our own economic engine is requiring. You know, to make sure that you know, we're dealing with our own with our own past of whether it's the agricultural preserve and its and and its boundaries, the winery definition ordinance and and its amendment, and looking at this multi-layer way in which this industry has grown up to be what it is today and making sure that going forward we are being smart, we're making good choices for the residents and for the visiting experience. Are there choices, do you think, and, and this is what 
you would grapple with in many ways as, as a member of the Board of Supervisors, choices that can satisfy everybody, that can address the issue of tourism without shutting down new wineries, that address the issue of, of, of visitors without putting up a moat at the beginning of the valley, to be able to do all that and satisfy all the various constituencies. You know, satisfaction, I, I don't think is in when it comes to government, when it comes to policy, satisfaction is, is not the the goal. I would say compromise is going to be a, what is going to be on the table to make sure that we look at the areas around uh, the desired the desired use and to look at what is grandfathered in. And, and those those wineries, those large producing wineries, you can't touch them. It is mm -hmm. what it is. And so really understanding moving forward, what are we capable of and what works? And that's really that what works. It's not just a question of, of a permit. It's so much more that goes into it. The, the land use itself, the production, the, the anticipated uses and visitation. And, and that's exactly that issue that, that the Planning Commission and, and the APAC, the Agricultural mm -hmm. um, Protection Advisory Committee, are, are looking at. And it's definitely going to be the, the igniter to a, a grander conversation, for sure. Because in and of itself... The industry needs to be considered with all the other issues of housing, of traffic, of water. The industry does not stand alone. It is contingent on all those other aspects that, again, land use issues that are going to be before the Board of Supervisors. You talk about compromise, which is the heart of, of politics in so many ways. Talk a little bit about your involvement in, in the political process and how you came up through the ranks to, to be involved politically. My, um, I, I, there are times that I think to myself and, and I think back to, to my beginning and, and my first days in, in working in the public sector and doing as, uh, as Congressman Mike Thompson refers to as the people's work. And my days doing the people's work actually started with a call from Congressman Thompson, who was looking to hire me. So I, I didn't apply. I was I was offered a job, and I took the job, and uh, it was the greatest decision I ever made to take that job. You know, in, in being able to, to do public public service work and to help people, it's it's a real connection you make with each person that you're you're able to help. Whether it's in the beginning days uh, when I was working on citizenship applications for for residents of, of Napa County and and back then the first congressional district, or whether it's now where I, I had a neighbor who had a, a city tree branch coming into into her backyard. Uh, that that one-on-one -on -one connection that you make with your constituency to be able to make things happen and improve the quality of life overall has been tremendous. At the same time, uh, I've, I've had five great years of being able to learn how to count to three, as I call it. So being on the city council is you just need to count to three, which works quite well since I have three children. So three is, <laughs> right. is a constant theme for me in my life. And being able to work with with um, fabulous colleagues and, and bring solutions to the table and, and to constantly look at, at making sure we're improving the quality of life for our residents and providing an 
a, a great foundation for businesses to get started or to maintain within the district. In that sense, thinking about the 5th District that, that you'd be representing, talk a little bit about the needs of that district and, and the development there. And, and, and in many ways, it's different from other parts of the Valley. And, and reconciling those two things, American Canyon as, as a city, as a developing community, and Up Valley, which you're very familiar with, that always seems to want to go back about 20 years from any given point. Well, there there definitely is a a difference from Up Valley to to the southern part of the county, uh, but one of the things that that I hope to bring to the table is to making sure that we all look at the county as a whole in a regional sense. Without the industrial area, the airport industrial, the Green Island industrial area that sits within the boundaries of American Canyon, we would not be able to have the wine industry in its present form right now. Your warehousing, your logistics, your bottling lines are happening down in the southern portion. So there is very much a portion of the bin to bottle experience and that journey that is actually happening within the fifth district. But the more intense and industrial and and water demands happen to be in, in the southern portion. At the same time, it's uh, as some uh, refer to to Highway 29 as the bottleneck through that area. You know, definitely traffic is and mobility mostly is is an issue within the southern portion because everyone is trying to get to their weekend experience in in the Napa Valley into the Florin and into the foothills. So definitely, there are those considerations that are on, larger on a regional scale. And that's what makes the 5th District so unique. It's that the issues within the district affect everyone around the district. Talking about the 5th District in American Canyon, I mean, it's more complicated in terms of the traffic aspect of it. You have a city built on two sides of a state highway. And, of course, all the lights and all the bottlenecks everybody's familiar with. Is there any way to look at that? in the context of the larger transportation issues facing the county and talk a little bit about how you see that fitting into this larger framework. Absolutely. Um, as the chair of the Traffic Circulation Committee in, in American Canyon, the very first step to making sure that we address the congestion on on State Route 29 was to have a traffic circulation element that had not taken place at that point. So that has actually been approved by the council and so that document in place is is our guide as we go forward. The, the next step was having the Highway 29 corridor visioning process take place, which was collaborative between Vallejo, Napa, and, and American Canyon to look at Highway 29 from Trancas all the way to Highway 37 in Vallejo and looking at it as one unified project to increase mobility so that if one jurisdiction improves the highway, you don't have a bottleneck just a little bit further down, down the road. And so that right there was the first step in taking a regional approach. The next step is a project, to actually present a project to Caltrans and and to get it on the state transportation improvement project list. And that's where, where it's really important that we look at this at a regional perspective and to see that the benefit of having Highway 29's corridor on the, the STIP, on the state project list, 
is for the benefit of everyone to improve quality of life for residents, to include improve uh, productivity for employees because they're spending less time in traffic, um, to improve the experience. You know, Napa Napa Valley, Napa County is an amazing place to live, work, and visit. And this is that next piece of the puzzle that we need to work on to ensure that we keep a high quality of service. And of course, because we're bringing in more jobs than people are leaving for, we have the housing issue is, is very much part of that. Absolutely. As you before. And housing, you know, housing is, um, there's not a jurisdiction that's not facing a, a right. housing issue, whether it's you have too much because of, of the housing crisis that, that happened in, in the last decade, or whether you just can't keep up in terms of, of production. You know, in uh, in a, I, the housing stock is is not diversified enough in some jurisdictions and and in others it it's they they took a gamble on the wrong type of housing stock. So housing is always going to be at the forefront. However, there are there have been successes that I think need to continue to to be uh, worked upon and to be built upon are like the work force and housing proximity mm-hmm. um, program. That's a that's a great model to make sure that we're providing those meaningful opportunities of home ownership close to work. You know, in in I think in in Napa County overall, who who wouldn't love to to live here? I've I've had the great fortune of of living here all but three years of of, of my life and it's a great opportunity to grow a family and to live close to work and to be able to enjoy that quality of life. Making sure we have meaningful housing opportunities is going to be important at the same time with the utmost respect to our land protections that we have here in Napa County. And that really brings us into, again, a regional approach, looking at our housing allocations that we get from the Association of Barrier Governments and sitting down every jurisdiction and, and seeing how can how can some of the pressure be relieved from the county and put placing our housing in the most urban areas as much as possible while still complying with state law. And in that context, are you happy with the way the Napa Pipe situation has evolved with respect to the county and dealing with its housing needs for years and years to come? You know, I think that the Napa Pipe signifies a a great compromise and and a lot of hard work by the Board of Supervisors and the City of Napa. That's definitely a, a, a tough issue, and I think that as there's more pressure on the county to meet its housing allocation, we're going to be finding more of those tough issues, likely not on as large of a scale as Napa Pipe, but that is exactly what we need to do. We need to come to the table willing to work and, and negotiate and to build on those relationships that we have at the elected level to to make these projects happen so that we can make sure everybody is meeting their requirements. One of the things that we see happening, and I believe, I mean, you know, I may be wrong, but I believe it's going to be a big part of Napa Pipe. We're seeing it in St. Helena. Maybe, I don't know about American Canyon. Is the second homes here is just increasing geometrically. I think St. Helena, people estimate it's about 50% second homes. I suspect because of the kind of product involved, Napa Pipe will wind up being majority second homes. To to what extent is that anything that, that you think public policy can address in any way, or is it just something we have to live with? 
know, I I think that one of the things I'll say is I, having been a, a homeowner in Napa, I I have seen it. I have seen the the second home right next door to to where I was living. Um, home ownership, in its various forms, it's 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 you're entitled to your home ownership. Right. Um, at the same time, what I think that really does is put the pressure on on our elected leaders to create meaningful housing opportunities, not just to create a house, not just to create and approve a certain project, but to look at the meaningfulness of that housing and who that housing is going to serve. And there are, whether it's at market rate, below market rate, very low market rate, we need to make sure that we're looking at creating those zoning area to zone appropriately so we are creating opportunities for meaningful housing for our workers for our seniors for those people that desire this type of this quality of life that we have and that's mostly stuff that's going to be taking place in the cities what do you think that the county can do in that regard you know in 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 some respects again come coming back to the regional approach when the county has its housing allocations it too has to create those meaningful opportunities um not not be the de- necessarily the developer, but to make sure that you're creating meaningful opportunities. Having a continuous dialogue of of housing moving forward is going to be very important. We have um, one one body in place, the Napa County League of Governments, where all the electeds get together and we have topics that we discuss. And I really hope going forward that we're looking at some of these, uh, when we have everybody in the room, that we're looking at some of these tougher issues, whether it comes down to uh, minimum wage, whether it's housing, water issues, regional traffic and uh, traffic improvement projects, that we're really using our time and and our relationships to work through these issues together. Talk about what you anticipate the experience to be on the Board of Supervisors, where certainly all these issues are at play, but sometimes it seems like it's land use, land use, land use. And, you know, the cities are dealing with a lot, seemingly a lot more, as you are in American Canyon, more interesting issues because they cover a a wider panoply of things that the cities have to deal with. You know, one of the things about that really excites me about the, the prospect of being able to serve on the Board of Supervisors is actually the land use part. You know, the decisions that are made at the land use level, they're they're lasting. That is what is going to create Napa County. And you it's you you can't unring the bell on on especially on some of these land use issues to be able to have the opportunity to to work with with very uh, distinguished uh, members of the board of supervisors and to also work with other electeds and to find what what makes the best napa is actually very exciting to me it's a it's an awesome responsibility at the same time fully appreciating that uh, not everyone is going to be pleased with your your decisions yes there are there is a greater diversity of issues uh, at the present time at the city council level um, but you know it's 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 exciting to me to to take it to the next level and to and to look more specifically at these land use issues and and what Napa County may be 20, 30 years from now. It's interesting that also the level of engagement within the community on these land use issues is 
seemingly at an all-time high, or it may have been higher back in the days of the Ag Preserve. I, I wasn't around then. But I, I talked recently to two of the members of the Planning Commission who talked about the fact that, you know, there have been lots of controversial issues in the past, and they've been lobbied and gotten letters and criticism and all those things, but that they have never seen it as intense as it is right now. I think that is a fabulous sign that people care. Um, one of the saddest things to me is when I'm sitting at a city council meeting and only our two most faithful uh, residents are present in, in the audience and, and media. I love receiving emails. I love receiving phone calls. Uh, I, I like that feedback. Yes, I reach out for it, but at the same time, I love when people reach out to me. I love to see people stand up at the podium and express their opinion about a project, about a forthcoming decision, about a policy change to be made. I think we need to encourage that because we, we as electeds are there to represent the constituency. That is the, and we need to be in tune with the constituency. And if no one's participating, uh, you're you're trying to make the best decision you can with with no real input. And I love that opportunity to have input and engagement. How much does that influence you? I mean, let's use American Canyon City Council as an example. I mean, the people that show up at those meetings, the people that write emails or letters or whatever. Are, are generally the, the proverbial squeaky wheels. They're not necessarily representative of a broad cross-section of the community. How do you weigh that? True. Um, they, they aren't. Um, in, in some decisions, I, I, I see where we draw out a, a, a big crowd and people have, uh, ha- are passionate about their view, and I, I definitely appreciate that. Um, you, you get to see who, who the faithful uh, participants are, um, but you also get to see those people who are drawn out of their seats at home because of passion or who have taken the time to call you. And I, I listen to everyone. Um, it, take that into consideration as I read over my staff report and, and talking with my staff. And, and I also listen to my colleagues. You know, I, I think sometimes we... It's easy to just say you're going to look at the staff report, you're going to listen to public comment, and then make your decision. But I really appreciate the feedback that and the comments that my colleagues give, and, and I look forward to that being part of the process as well, uh, should I be elected to the Board of Supervisors, to have that dialogue because you all bring something very different to the table. We have... And from my colleagues, we have someone that is is very well versed in in parks and recreation. Someone that's very well versed in finance. Someone that's that's very uh, well versed in engagement, and someone that's very tied into um, more social issues. And 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 then there's myself, uh, who's very in tune with being a business owner and being an educator and and being uh, a young younger I won't say young younger mother and we all bring something different to the table and I really think that that is also part of of that process how we all react to those comments and how we listen to each other and making the best decision possible well it's very interesting I mean if you're elected to the board it will be a very different board a more diverse board in terms of age gender ethnicity. I mean, it will be significantly different than it's been for a long time. It will be significantly different. Um, at the same time, I think it's, it's, it's just reflective of, of Napa. And 
you know, there's no, um, it's, it's something to celebrate. You know, American Canyon, it's, it's, I'm quite used to it being from American Canyon. In American Canyon, we have one of the most uh, ethnically diverse municipalities in mm. Napa County. And I appreciate that uh, I, I know my foods. I know how to say hello in many different languages. <laughs> I have various outfits uh, to go to uh, appropriate events. <laughs> and uh, I appreciate that it's to have that level of uh, ethnic and community engagement is, is, is a thing that should be applauded. Well, I thank you very much for coming in and talking with us a little bit, but I'm sure we'll uh, talk more during the campaign. But uh, thanks for coming in and kicking it off. Thank you so much for having me, Jeff. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to NapaBroadcasting.com, Napa Valley Radio, for the way we live now.